I'd like to uh, stick back with the, uh, the concept that we have for uh, Lent, where just kind of this idea of Lent breaking us apart to let those things that uh, we have seemed over the year collected to put together and put ourselves together to justify us before God and, and before others. And, and let the scriptures and let the Son of God rebuild us. Rebuild us by our baptism into the faith, by the word of God and its powerful working. Rebuild us in his grace and his redemption. Now last week, we went over two people. We went over the first Adam and the second Adam. The first Adam, obviously of Adam and Eve fame, uh, was the one who brought death into the world and, and understanding that death isn't just that, that far off uh, one-time event, but something that kind of permeates and goes into all the things of our life and this world. And then the second Adam, Jesus Christ, who comes not to bring death, but to bring life. Our, our gospel reading for today, uh, you know, John 3, 16 and 17 speaks so well of us. I can't help but always think of Elmer Hoffman every time I read that. Uh, that, that grumpy old man is imprinted on my name with John 3, 16. And praise God for, for the saints that go before us. Um, that is the perfect understanding of the Son of God who was raised up on that tree like the snake uh, raised up on the stick by Moses for the benefit of our lives. Today we have two different people to look at. Two different people that our readings before, bring before our attention. The first being, being Abraham and, and the hope that Abraham was to the Jewish people to the people that understood their covenant relationship with God in the Old Testament, the Abraham who uh, became a hero to the Jews. And, and in fact, as Jesus would go out preaching and teaching, the Pharisees and the teachers would often use Abraham as their very authority to say what they could say. He was a hero. He was the one that they would go and do their long pilgrimage as a kind of a... Uh, a spiritual discipline we've lost these days, but a pilgrimage to go and, and see his tomb and go and see the sights of his life and, and reflect on the relationship that Abraham had with God. But the scriptures today also bring us the second person, Paul. An interesting comparison with Abraham. Paul, by his own admission, a Jew of Jews, a Pharisee of Pharisees, a teacher of teachers, one of whose credentials nobody could compare to. Not even yourself, in all of your catechetical knowledge, could compare to Paul and who he was. But there's a difference between the two. Paul, after listing out all of his credentials, reminds us that in the end of it all, his biggest credential was chief of sinners, though I be. Right? Abram, Abraham, 
to the Jews is their entrance into their faith. It is the beginning of their story. It's the place where they start to see the beginning of their relationship with God. It's the lens that they use in order to see how they're standing before God is. And, and so that lens means that from this point forward, they're going to look at someone who was able to pass the tests of faith, who was able to be uh, so faithful that it was counted to him as righteousness. And so even in this, what they wind up doing is taking the faith of Abraham and making it into a work itself. That it was something that, that they could use to buy God's appreciation. That faith was something that they could use to justify themselves before all others, and maybe in some meritorious way, perform before God. This is kind of a difficult concept for us to understand, especially because as Lutheran Christians, we know for a fact that we have been justified by grace through faith, right? And so even, even we teach our kids in Bible class and, and in catechism and, and in, in our Lutheran schools that when someone asks, how do you know you've been saved? I've been justified by grace through faith. But sometimes, we even manipulate our faith. We take it to be something that is your power, something that you've grown, something that you've molded and shaped over your life. It's something that you have made purposeful decisions through life to make it better. And so Abraham, to the Jews, as he went through these ten different tests of faith, was able to pass all these tests, and therefore his strength of faith that he built up within himself was enough to get God's attention. And how many times have we done the same thing in our life? How many times have we viewed our faith in that same way? Well, I passed this test of faith. I've built my faith up stronger now. That must certainly get God's attention for me. Dealing with a, a family of, of recent tragedies, they're prone to ask the question, have I not been faithful? Have I not built it up strong enough? Why, why is this coming into my life now? Why must this tragedy be? Much like uh, someone I heard say the other day, I I didn't survive cancer to let a flu take me out. How often do we treat our faith in that same way? Becoming nothing more than just another work for us. I challenge you to not approach your faith through the lens of Abraham, whose story begins with himself. Do not approach your faith just as uh, the Jews of the time that Jesus and Paul are talking to who approach their faith through that same lens as Abraham. But to approach it through the person who was there from the beginning. The person who was there 
and that can say, all things were made through me. So Paul looked at this. He acknowledges Abraham to be this person of faith, to be this great hero of the Jews, but to point out that this is not the whole story. But rather, if Abraham had anything to boast in, it should be in God. If we have anything to boast in about our faith, it is God's work on our faith. If we have anything to boast about our justification before God and others, it's boasting of God's work in our justification. For our faith is not our own, but that of God who has given it to us. The growth of our faith is not at our doing, but by the Spirit of God who he has sent into you. Our justification is not our doing, but Jesus Christ's. How do we know that we are saved? Because Jesus has died for us. How do we know that we have faith? Because Jesus has died for us. How do we know that we can come before the throne of God? Because Jesus has died for us. How do we know that we as people have grown from just dealing with the milk of spirituality to the bread and the solids of it because Jesus Christ has died for us. The story begins with Jesus as the maker of all things. The one, as Paul says in our readings, brings all things into existence and makes all things new including our faith. Let's have this as our lens before God, the way we see his mighty works in our life, not in our own doings of faith, but in his doings of the faith that he has given us. How can such things come to us? Because God continues to work. He continues to be. He continues to make himself known by the very faith that he has given you. So we have nothing more to boast in than this. That God so loved the world that he gave his only son to die for it. Not to condemn it but to redeem. Amen?